Welcome back to Podcast 92 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Ozbreakers and follow us on social media slash The Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by this season. For the best contests in all of sports, please visit www.thesn.com slash OB. Play for thousands of dollars with thousands of people across the world. If you'd like to support the Icebreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theicebreakers.com, click shop, and become a member. Pick any for winning cappers. Get the premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Icebreakers and become a free picks and Telegram subscriber. We have a great show for you today because the one and only Las Vegas Chris from Las Vegas is coming on to break down NFL Week 13. I can't wait to talk to Chris again. Uh, he has just such amazing insights as a professional. He uh, has been in this gig for a very long time, and he knows all the ins and outs and just ways to make money, sports betting, that you might not have even fathomed. So we're going to talk to Chris about that and uh, obviously the full slate of NFL games. But before Chris comes on, I just want to mention that basketball is rolling here at the Odds Breakers. You can still get a package for 100 bucks off using the promo code BASKETBALL24. In many ways, you are getting a massive discount on these packages. I mean, the NBA goes all the way to July. College basketball goes all the way to April. And there are play, plays pretty much every single day. If there's a day I don't like something... I won't make a play. Today, I'm very close to one, but the line's not where it needs to be, so I might not have a play today. Just depends on how it is and where my numbers come when we handicap these games late at night and early morning. So please check us out and support us at theoddsbreakers.com. All right, without further ado, let's bring on our wonderful guest, Mr. Las Vegas Chris. This segment was brought to you by AG1. Why take a bunch of different things when you can just mix one scoop of powder and water once a day? Every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and whole food source ingredients of high quality that give me major benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash oddsbreakers or click on our podcast episode description. Now, I'm very excited to welcome back to the show a professional sports better and well-renowned betting contest champion and Mr. Las Vegas Chris. You can follow him on Twitter at Las Vegas Chris. Chris, man, thanks for coming back on the show. We're not part of the NFL season. How are things going for you this week, sir? Oh, uh, it, uh, it was a, a very unusual week last week, so it's... Uh, it was just bizarre. So, uh, just trying to get recentered. It's uh, it's it's been a relief with uh, a smaller college football slate, so I can get some more stuff done. Uh, that's true. But then all of a sudden, I finally looked, and there's UFC popping up again. So I will have to deal with that tomorrow. But either way, 
We uh, yeah, why do you always have to why do you have to always <laughs> pee on my parade? You know, can't keep can't make you too happy over there. It's that'd be uh, Jesus. I forgot all about that. That wouldn't be equal. Um, but hey, I'm wearing this Bears hat for you because they uh, did pretty well for you last week. Uh, by the way that you've been actually attacking these numbers, haven't they? Yeah, actually, I had Minnesota, and uh, but I played the alternate line. And, uh, hit a lot of middles on that, too, because it just uh, played it a bunch of different directions. And then uh, I did uh, hedge teasers with Chicago plus 13 and money line and all kinds of stuff. So it worked out well. But uh, the bad news was that my model did not perform well last week. So. They've been doing okay the two previous weeks, but last week was a complete and utter disaster. So if I hadn't been changing my betting technique, I would have started Saturday Sunday off 0 and 6. And uh, um, instead, I, the teasers that I used, which is which I basically am phrasing, I'm betting what I normally would bet, uh, but I'm elongating the beneficial numbers for myself and the conduit for that is either by using parlays or teasers. Right. So example, the five of the, the early slate Sunday, Oh, and five on my model. I don't even remember it ever doing that, but four and one via the alternate method. So, uh, I'm seeing very nice returns with this strategy. It's not just, uh, um, it has specific goals, specific criteria and specific filtering and, um, I've been very successful with it uh, over the last two years. I'm glad that you brought that up because you're the perfect person to talk to about. You know, you don't have losing seasons, and you figure out what to do immediately in a very, let's just say, high variant type season as last season and this season. And uh, you know, it's so interesting talking to you know someone so experienced as yourself about you know what to do, and it's just amazing. We talk a lot. It's just amazing on how you're putting these winning situations together with these teasers and you really capitalized on moving the numbers. And what's so funny is not even just the Wong teasers. You're doing the, you're doing them all shapes and colors, right? Well, can you explain your process a little bit and, uh, and just tell us how the hell do you do this? Well, it, you know, it's really comical because I've had a lot of trolls on my timelines, either on uh, YouTube channels and, um, uh, Twitter and, you know, these people like to cast dispersions and, you know, basically say teasers are for suckers and, um, they question the credibility that you have and, uh, they all go, it, it, it's just comical and they, and they don't know enough to even discuss the topic because, <laughs> I, even if they're rude and impolite and don't deserve a response, I usually engage them very politely and I ask them, I go, well, uh, why do you say that? Uh, please explain your case. I, you know, uh, maybe I'm wrong. Why don't you tell me how they are, you know, how you're right, you know, and, and they can't. So, uh, I'll just leave it at that. It's, it's just, it, it's, it's really, really humorous. It's, it, it, it's, uh, but uh, they're a part of my arsenal. I, I can't tell you. I've received well over a dozen DMs and uh, other communications from people that have been uh, using this style since I've spoken about it, and they're thanking me profoundly, saying, 
I'm having excellent results doing it the way you're doing it. Thank you so much. And makes me feel good. That's that's excellent. And that's kind of why, and you don't have to obviously reveal everything. I'm just curious on how you're doing this. You know, and we talk a little bit, it's almost like if you stagger these teasers and just to give our audience just a little bit of background, you like to stagger them so the earlier game is not matched up with an earlier game. It's matched up with a little bit later game so you can constantly keep pivoting, right? Maybe my thought is almost watching you and any types of games that you like, you almost like moving one side, the dog six points or so, maybe 10 in the favorite 10 points. And it's almost like you have winners built into the next play, right? Can you explain a little bit of that process and what you're doing in that situation? Um, it's really as simple as I stated at the beginning. What I'm doing, what I it started with the results I was seeing earlier in the season. And, well, it actually really started last season because I was being I was getting frustrated losing these. You know, I call them toss-up games where anybody could win mm-hmm. uh, at the end. And it didn't matter what your handicap was. I mean, there's there's one to f- three games in that realm every single week. And since I'm high volume, that means it's hitting me every week. I'm losing these toss-up games. And you have to be able to pivot and say, well, what can I do differently? I mean, I, I can't just sit there and be, a, you know, a sitting duck taking plus two and a half uh, when – losing these games by three or, or four or five. And uh, I can't be, you know, laying this price and, and just missing by a couple of points. What are my alternatives? And, of you know, entirely teasing a game is not practical into another game um, because of the liability. What happens if the back ends lose? So now you've wasted two. So... Basically, I decided, well, what happens if I pet partially straight and partially with teasers? And instead of those back ends of teasers being married, uh, what happens if they're time straddled or day straddled? And uh, well, instead of them being, you know, the, the, the team being married to one team, maybe they're married to two or three teams. And uh, you just keep on going deeper and deeper and deeper uh, into finding alternative ways to bet what you want to bet straight. So essentially I'm betting what I'm going to bet at the point spread anyway. So when two weeks ago, when Washington lost at home and that was a dead perfect long teaser and the giants went outright, I didn't have it. I had 19 teasers that week. I didn't have a single one with Washington in it because the model didn't like Washington. And I don't just throw teasers in just because it's a long teaser sitting there. Um, I'm only using the stuff that, uh, uh, pertains to my particular needs. Oh, that's great, and the, and that's and that's just amazing how you can kind of pivot like that, and then make adjustments. And uh, you know, sometimes you'll text me on Monday and be like, oh, "I got the I got the, I got Baltimore or whatever uh, minus one, where the spread's like nine or ten or something." Yeah, it, it's just it's quite amazing. And then you have so many options because the dog's still high. You can even move the dog up and pair it with the next game, which is Thursday, and kind of keep winning like that as long as it's staying within certain parameters. But it, they do have to match your model, correct? That, yes. Uh, you know, th- it, what I'm doing is complicated enough trying to just manage the teams that I want to play. You know, last week was just complete 
you know, I looked at it, uh, you know, when my sheet came out on Tuesday and I looked at the games I'm on and I'm like, you got to be kidding me because how invested do I want to be in all the games that are sitting around one pick, one and a half, two, you know, anything can happen. And I'm like, I, I, I had the potential to just get, you know, crushed here. Uh, I, I really want some insurance, I, and I just started laying teasers on this, laying teasers there. Before I knew it, I had so many teasers, it was ridiculous, I, and I really didn't have any straight bets because I said every time I wanted to put a straight bet on a, t- on a team, I'm like, why? You know, am I supposed to conform to, you know, having to bet the NFL straight? I mean, is there – the goal here is to win money, and the most effective way to win money is to elongate – the position that you want uh, as long as you're getting value in doing that. And uh, I, I sat there and I do, and every week it's getting harder and harder and harder for me to play straight bets when my ROI and what my alternative is, is over 30%. I mean, I, 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 if I just play my straight bets, I'm floundering. You know, I was actually down uh, using the teasers. It, it's saving my butt. You know, and that's awesome because I think I just feel like the variance has increased, yet the totals have went down. So since the totals have went down, it's more valuable to move those points, isn't it? Well, that's a fallacy. I mean, that's a fallacy. Um, So, yeah, I've got 133 teasers placed this year, 30.8% ROI. So... And I had a similar ROI last season. Uh, so this isn't just some fly-by-night sort of strategy that I'm doing. This is, you know, something that's working for me effectively. Uh, I would probably say a lot of the stuff that I'm doing is not Wong teaser related. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's, it's all just focused on elongating what I intended to play via my straight bet anyway. So... That's the important thing to remember. There, it's I don't care if something's a long teaser, mm-hmm. and a lot of it involves researching and developing what the options really are. Because you know, the average person, I, I listen to you know pretty smart people on shows make wrong statements regularly about what teasers are profitable and what teasers are not profitable. It's amazing because people are too lazy to you know update the research that was done you know, 10 years ago, you know, scoring has changed dramatically. The whole situational uh, uh, go for two, uh, down 14 or eight, uh, or, you know, all these different situations with fourth downs. And uh, do you you go go for two? Do you uh, kick the field goal here? Uh, All these things are affecting the flow of these games and are morphing around the value of different numbers. And you can plunk in what the value is of a teaser on a teaser calculator. There's lots of teaser calculators you can find. And they're going to give you what those results say. But there are more things not included in that teaser calculator than are included in that teaser calculator. So simply put, it's a, you got to do a lot of work and find uh, uh, things uh, that... Uh, aren't obvious to people Hmm. and that's interesting it's taking old numbers you know so it just sounds to me like 
going within a certain spectrum has been more profitable and happens more than often than let's just say 74% of the time when it comes to six point moves and, and things like that. And I agree with that. I always thought that the totals going down makes more value in the numbers itself. You said that might be a fallacy. I'm curious why that would be. But, you know, I got into an article. <laughs> you know, it, 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 you haven't seen a lot of my comments on Twitter over the last couple of weeks. And uh, I, I just some of the uh, some of the people that uh, are out there aren't really interested in a, a productive discussion. They are home drinking late at night, or they're lonely, or or <laughs> they want lonely <laughs> to just teach people how smart they are and, and, and dump on other people. And I got involved in a conversation about a week or two ago. And all I said, very benign, I didn't say anybody was right. I didn't say anything wrong. But I said about teasers, I go, uh, because the discussion was the dependency and uh, success rate of uh, winning teasers uh, with high totals and low totals. And I just simply made a comment. I didn't even advocate either or. I said, well, couldn't one think, and this is what I said, couldn't one think that the low totaled games are not as good for teasing as people might think? Because usually those low totals involve inept offenses in either one or both of those teams. And if that's the case, and there's a higher likelihood of one or both of those offenses sputtering, well, then maybe they're getting out of teaser range. And if they're inconsistent on offense, well, maybe they both put it together at the same time and, and they go way over. Uh, and when you're looking at high totals, maybe those teams are more dependable more consistent are able to go more back and forth and keep games tighter. And maybe those aren't as bad as people think they are. Now I summarized it in like, that's what I was kind of thinking and, and where I was coming from. Just a fuel for thought. I said it in like three sentences. So, so I didn't give a lot of that. Okay. And I got hit and I had some guy, swearing at me, calling me names, calling me a fraud. How could you be so stupid? And I just, and I'm just laughing because I know the data. I mean, you got 30% ROI. You don't need a, you're just doing so, a, a favor, basically talking to these people and giving your advice. You know, you, you don't even need to spend the time to do that. Some of these people being extremely <laughs> rude, just like you see on the internet, just straight up trolls. But yeah, I agree with you. If, if some teams that are inept in scoring uh, red zone style, you can think of the saints last week, couple other teams, you know, maybe that's not the best thing to tease in that situation. And uh, when I said, uh, scoring down i didn't mean as a the vegas line total i just meant scoring down in general might put more value in the numbers but yeah uh it, i we all got our trolls man it's tough to avoid them at times but hey you know what you have the numbers to back it out and you have the clientele that's happy that you made these pivots and changes because there's a lot of people every single year that have been very profitable sports betters in the past that might not have made so many changes in their you know sacrificing some value just on not finding ways like you did. So I think in hurting their own clients. So I think that's important that you did that. And I think it's very admirable 
that you do that. And of course, the way you try to help people out. And it sucks that there's people out there that will get involved in trying to downgrade or degrade you. Well, I, you know, we need larger sample sizes and, and, and longer history. I, between the two, the last two seasons, I have 182 uh, wagers so far. And that's uh, not high enough, really, to be saying, oh, well, I'm 100% right. But that's enough if it's trending uh, as well as it is uh, to at least consider that maybe I do know what I'm talking about and maybe i'm not the imbecile fraud that people like to throw around and uh it, it's just so funny it's just like uh I, but you know i spent four hours on a client wager conference uh last night was that last night no there's two nights ago two nights ago boy that's a lot of fun it's uh, i would rather spend my time with people that are following me uh and communicate directly with them through the videos i do with ron or uh, bet us or um, privately uh, that's just far more rewarding than to uh, try to just uh, uh, go out there on uh, x and advocate anything at this point because there's just so much negativity <laughs> well let's get on some positive things here and that we have some games this week to look at and today or tonight we have a matchup now most of the people will get this show uh tomorrow so i'm just going to briefly touch on this game but you know, Seattle's playing the Cowboys, and the Cowboys have been just blowing people out at home. You know, we could uh, show you what, what the odds are right now. It's, um, of course, I have college football up here. Uh, going Pivoting to the NFL. Nine, nine in DraftKings, nine minus 115 here. Total's about 47.5, Chris. Uh, do you have anything on this game going or maybe possibly some teasers? Well, that's and that's the other thing that comes into play. Also, is how how well can you read a market? I mean, I always say that the easiest thing about betting, in my eyes, is deciding who you're going to bet on. Uh, what takes the longest and is most time consuming is when and how are you going to bet it. So, um, you know, with certain situations, certain teams, you start to, you know, you have to learn how to read the market and, and notice patterns and stuff. And um, when you see uh, teams like Dallas and Miami and other teams that seem to garner nothing but support as the weeks go on, that's a good position to be taking some money line parlay positions. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, at the beginning of the week, you're talking about sub 400 money lines that uh, end up being mid to high 400 money lines that uh, you have locked in into your parlays. So uh, that's uh, something that I look for in this game. The I, I really hate to give up in teasers as, as, as much as I use them. I, I don't like giving up the, uh, the, two, the one and the two. I just don't. So when people are cavalier and say, just get under that three, I cringe. I, I, I'm not that uh, enthusiastic about something that I have to tease from uh, nine and a half to uh, two and a half uh, and pay, you know, 130, 140 on it. So uh, I like the money line. I, I like the money line take. I like the pick take and, uh, you know, I did a variety of different things with that. I like a first half money line look uh, uh, also. And the Cowboys side, I'm guessing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So but, but it was uh, minus two ninety the last time I checked. It's uh, oh, whoops, I didn't do money lane. The first half. Yeah, it's up a little bit more. It's like uh, you can get three oh fives. Yeah, it's went up a bit. Four sixties for the game, but yeah, there's some good dance partners with some of these teams too. I this game to me, I, there's a path to at least covering, if not victory, for Seattle. Um, I know you mentioned poisoning their food earlier, but I'm not sure if uh, we get a, we we'd be allowed to do that. But uh, either way, the Cowboys have been obviously unstoppable at home. But you know they're. Their home record is is against a lot of crap, just crap teams. You know, Jets without Rodgers. I mean, that was – who was their best one? I think the Rams, I guess, was their best home win. And, and that's saying something. Um, the rest were like the Giants, the Commanders, games like that. Now, Seattle isn't exactly a great team, but their path to victory is running the football, Chris. I mean, if I'm Pete Carroll, believe it or not, I would always almost defer – on the coin flip, but I kind of want the ball here just to start running clock. I I want to kind of you know, dink and dunk, use my tight end, uh, Charbonnet, just full blast. Uh, you know, tell your offensive line, we're just going to run the ball today. I need you to block, uh, chip away at the clock, and maybe you catch the Cowboys cold on that. Maybe you get a field goal the first drive, and maybe the Cowboys are a little cold, and then you can get some field position on a punt, and and then all of a sudden, there's no time left. I, that's the only way to win here, in my opinion, because this Cowboys offense is hot, and you you can't let them jump you, you know. But can I trust Pete Carroll to do that? He's a good coach, but he's, he's screwed up before. I mean, Geno Smith has uh, been untrustworthy. So I, 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 if this was a ten, Chris, I'd probably be more involved. But I mean, right now it's just a money line parlay side, if anything, for me. But did you get that idea from uh, another game that recently occurred? Uh, no, I I would I did it because one week ago today a team did just that, and that's the Green Bay Packers. They uh, won the coin toss and said, uh, "No, we're going to take the ball." And uh, you saw how that succeeded for them. They came in with confidence. They uh, they scored and. Uh, they put uh, the Lions on their heels, and uh, it worked out very well for them. So uh, I think you're right. It could, you know, something like that could uh, benefit Seattle. Oh, well, I was, th- I was three beers in by then on Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving morning. I, I don't know if I paid attention to that. But, yeah, that's a great point. So that's how, that's how the Packers did ruin everybody's uh, survivor pools last week. Well, let's move on to the Cardinals versus Steelers. The Steelers are minus 5.5. The total on this is 41, Chris. What are your thoughts on the Cardinals traveling out to Pittsburgh. I was surprised to see Zach Ertz uh, released this morning. Well, he might end up back on the Eagles or maybe on the Ravens. Uh, I'd like to see. Uh, uh, I'd like to see him go to the Ravens because I have Ravens futures. The Eagles would be uh, funny because he was there. And now Godert's hurt. You know, so that would be a little ironic. I wonder if he's a little bitter with them. I don't know. I'd like to see him on the Niners. That'd be kind of like a stick, you know. The Niners block the Eagles, grab him real quick. I don't know who's first on waivers or what to be able to grab him, but he, I think he's still a very capable tight end, and I, I kind of want to see him win a championship. So it'd be cool. We went to uh, you skipped to Arizona, right? 
Uh, I'm not going in rotation order. I'm going in uh, oh. time order. That's what our sponsor, Betfred Sports, lays them out, and I'll share our screen here. So I do apologize that you used to go. You usually go by rotation, but we'll go with the Cardinals Steelers here, and it's five and a half. This number was at six, um, but uh, it's six now. Is, is it six in a lot of books? Not a lot, but it, uh, you can get anywhere from uh, five to six. Definitely shop. Uh, I like I like the Cardinals at six personally, um, and we talked earlier. You, the, the Steelers are one of my most fraudulent teams out there. They kind of do it with at the end of the game stuff, uh, turnovers, forcing fumbles, getting to the quarterback, uh, field position. They're getting outgained in almost every single game. They finally outgained the Bengals last week, right? Their first time they outgained somebody, which was funny to see. But um, I just don't think Kenny Pickett's that good. I know Matt Canada's been gone now a little bit, but it, is that going to be that much of a bump? I mean, Mike Tomlin is starting to turn into Jeff Fisher a little bit for me. I, I don't see how anyone can lay past three in any situation with the Steelers when they're net negative yards per play. negative. Now, it's not like the Cardinals are good. I do think McBride and Brown is going to play. Marquise Brown, from my source that I talked to today. So I think, you know, you, you have Kyler Murray. He's a very good runner, running the football. He can catch teams. He can score at weird times. I know T.J. Watt's going to get in his face, but, you know, that's sometimes good for guys like him and Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields. Yeah, sure, bring the pressure. I'll just run right under it and uh, get 10, 10, 15 yards. I mean, that can happen plenty with the Cardinals. So I liked him at six, Chris, and uh, th that'll be the free play. I'm, a free play that I'm giving out here. Uh, I took him for a few stars. Well, I did play the uh, Cardinals plus six as a straight bet, and uh... – um, I'm hoping that, uh, I'm unsure what's going on with this Arizona team. I mean, we can agree that their defense sucks and, uh, that's going to make things a little easier on Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh still had their problems with the red zone last week, uh, but an Arizona defense might be able to cure that for them. So it's a little bit of a concern I had, but I, you know, they played so poorly. They seem to have just given up last week mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, you, um, you would think they would come in with that same energy that we saw for the previous 11 weeks of the season because, you know, at least for the entire first halves of every previous game, Arizona was in there and uh, they were fighting hard. And, in, you know, uh, a couple of the games they got blown out in the second half and, and maybe faded in the fourth quarters, but the vast majority of it, you saw great effort start to finish. And last week was the least amount of effort we've seen for a full game. So I'm hoping that they come out hard this week and uh, embarrassed by last week and just want to kind of show uh, show that they do belong or that they aren't going to be, you know, pushovers. And we know from experience with Pittsburgh, <laughs> every time you bet Pittsburgh against a team they're supposed to be, not only do they not cover, it seems they can't win the game. So I'd love to see that this week. But uh, I would too. I, I, you know what? I, I, I don't think it's clear cut. I don't. You know, you when you immediately look at that line, you sit there and say, "Who is Pittsburgh to lay six to anybody?" That's your immediate gut reaction, and that's what the instinct is, and that, and that's probably correct. 
But if Arizona no-shows again, that six isn't going to be helping very much. Well, that's true. And I think it's a great point that you made. They gave up. I think a lot of teams that aren't winning and they start giving it away are just have a tendency to be like, okay, we lost this game. And then they, and then they, the other team covers the spread. They don't even really make a comeback. I think Arizona is in that category. I think Carolina is in that category. The bears might be in that category, although they feel a little bit more rejuvenated. Um, Bad teams will just quit quicker, you know, and I'm concerned for a couple other teams when we get to the commanders and a couple other games that this could absolutely happen this late in the season. I mean, the season takes a toll on you, especially when they add games, you know, there's 17 games last couple years here now. And, uh, it's, you're getting paid. You're an NFL player. You're, you're not proving anything. This ain't the last game of the season. I think that's what you saw, but at the same time, I think that Cardinals can be in this game. So, uh, I have full agreement with you on this one. So it's good to be on the right one. Let's move on to the next game. And I will go in rotation order, Chris, uh, since that's what you're used to. And Oh, no, I don't care. I, don't, I, I just want to make sure I heard things right. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Well, Los Angeles Chargers versus the Patriots. And this is 451-452. The Patriots are home dogs, five and a half points in most of the books. Uh, it looks like the contest just came out. It's a five. Uh, the total is 40.5. Anything in this game, Chris? I think you're looking at the exact same identical situation, a team favored by six, and your and your immediate reaction is, how the hell can that possibly happen? And uh, we've obviously seen the market come down. It's uh, – uh, I haven't checked lately, but uh, we certainly have some fives available. I was just seeing if it was lower than that. We have five and six available on that. Um, my uh, my model likes uh, the Chargers, though. So, but common sense and uh, the strategies that I've been using, uh, there's no way in hell I'm laying even five with that team in Foxborough um, with a four and seven team. So God only knows uh, what's going on with this Patriot team. It's, it's uh, uh, from week to week, but uh, usually the, the Patriots have metrics that, uh, that they're doing a lot of things well that you don't see, and they actually usually grade out higher than they really play. And this year, they're they're actually playing worse than they grade out, uh, which is unusual for a Belichick team because for years, New England has bothered me in my model because they would always be overvalued. And this year, uh, they aren't even reaching those levels. So there's been a, a really odd s- switch on that. And now you've got the, the switch in quarterback. So, you know, how does that factor? And it seems like he comes in for one or two series and, uh, you know, looks like a world beater. And then, uh, you know, he looks like a keystone cop for the rest of the game. So, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, for my look, uh, you know, chargers money line, some sort of getting him down to pick, uh, uh in some fashion, you can't tease him obviously, but, uh, I'm not interested in laying points, that's for sure. Yeah, did you say, did they they announce a Patriots starting quarterback? I, I thought I've seen it in several places uh, that, uh, um, uh, what's his name? The other guy is going to be playing. Uh, not Mac Jones, but uh, Bailey Zappi, I'm guessing. Not, Zappi, but not Malik Cunningham might even have a few Wildcat type plays too, I would think. You know, he's been on the roster for a while. Um, I, you know, they- 
They can put Richie Cunningham in there for all I care. I think you're going to get the same results. <laughs> Malik Cunningham's actually still in the practice squad, it looks like. You know, um, I think the spread's a little high for a, a Chargers team that's just injured. Uh, when I look at the injury report here for the Chargers, they have uh, starting to get clustery. Um, on, and I'm trying to pull it up here as I'm talking here. Uh, yeah, and the offensive line. Obviously, they lost some receivers this year, but uh, it, it looks like Trey Pipkin's questionable. Uh, Rashawn Slater, two tackles that are questionable, and Zach Bailey, a tackle that's questionable. You know, I, I'm going to monitor that a bit, but uh, you know, Keenan Allen, that's really the only guy they have left, and he's questionable. You know, so what they have to throw to is that, uh, Gerald Everett, I guess, and Everett could do it. You know, Everett's a beast, but you know, they just are so injured in that offensive line. I almost kind of wonder if the, what the Chargers are feeling after last week's tough night game against the Ravens, where they're kind of in that game for a while and gave it gave up the spread and gave up the whole game at the end. Uh, thank God I didn't watch it. I was uh, done by that point. But uh, either way, uh, Joey Bosa being out is always a problem. Uh, the Patriots are... They're probably the team that could quit later, too, but I'm not sure if they're going to do it in Foxborough. After losing to the Giants, somehow the Patriots are still metrically very good on defense, and that's where I think they have opportunity here, but five and a half is not a number I'm interested in getting involved in, Chris. Let's move on to the next game. The Lions versus the Saints. The Saints are plus four. The total is about 46 and a half, Chris. Uh, the Lions have been leaking a little bit of oil, as you like to say lately, haven't they? I'm not really that familiar with that team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, my home team, I follow them very closely. And uh, the it's a little disheartening. We, we have found out over the last two games that they, are, they will not be a member of the NFL elite number, the, the elite uh, membership club, I'll put it. Uh, they're certainly, uh, uh, and you know, trying to hang on to a second tier at this point uh, with a defense like they've had. Uh, they what was really alarming last week is for the number one offensive line to get their ass kicked like they did by Green Bay last week. That's a huge concern. Uh, they don't get pressure on the quarterback. They don't get sacks. Uh, their secondary is not the best by any means. And you have Goff throwing up five times in five quarters. That's a concern. And you have Campbell making dumb coaching mistakes again, like uh, the beginning of last year. So You mean, the, you mean that fake punt it, wasn't a great play? That was not a great play. And I think he's the only one in that stadium that thought that they should go for it. So <laughs> it's, it's not predictable by any means, right? Down nine, that spot. <laughs> well, when you have 10 minutes left and you're going for it on your own 23 yard line, uh, fourth and seven or six, I know it's not even fourth and three. It's like, dude, it's like you're down nine points. You have nine to 10 minutes left. What? the hell are you doing you have the offense that can do this he gives up a freaking score i could not believe it, it was over after that it was time to panic is what i told you 
the uh, I mean, you have to be lucky at, at some points, and there's been a couple of games where receivers have dropped balls that uh, uh, against the Lions that made their defense look better. And um, but you know that happens with all teams. Uh, but they, they're, they're now they're creating their own dumb luck, and uh, it's, I'm very interested to see what happens this week in this game. But it's I don't know how much it's going to. Uh, if they win, I don't know how much it really, uh, you know, means that they're back or that the blip is behind them because, you know, they're facing a team potentially missing wide receiver one, two, and three. Their their heart and soul, their defense is not, not going to be in. They've got other injuries. They've got Carr, who has proven to be just a disaster. I, I mean, I thought he would be very good. I thought he would fit in perfectly and find new life, and I couldn't have been more wrong. And, you know, there are actually a, a lot of people calling for Winston to get out there. So, uh, so if Detroit goes in there and takes care of business, what have they really accomplished? Uh, you know, we don't know. If they go in there and lose to that team, oh, my gosh, you're, you're, you're talking about the Titanic. Uh, you know, you mentioned the injuries. I don't know who the hell Derek Carr is going to throw to. I mean, Michael Thomas is obviously on IR. But now when you have uh, Olave, right? And what's the other guy's name? Rashid? I have to look it up again. I keep forgetting his name. Uh, that's massive. That's cluster injuries to your uh, wide receivers, you know? Uh, it's uh, Shahid. That's who it is, Rashid Shahid. And... I mean, Kendra Miller is a little bit banged up. He's more of a special teams guy, I think. But Pete Werner, their best linebacker, oblique, didn't practice on on Wednesday. Marcus May, a safety. I'm going to have to check this more. But if there's cluster injuries here, who are they going to th throw the ball to? I mean, Kamara? Uh, you know, that's it. <laughs> you know, I, I guess t t throw Taysom Hill in. But then again, the Lions are just spluttering over lately. I, I hope they get their momentum back, but I could see the Lions blowing them out. But my pure number is four and a half right now. And I guess if those receivers are out, it'd be six, six or seven maybe because cluster injuries are very, very important when it comes to these teams. Uh, let's not forget they lost Marshawn Lattimore, their best quarterback, uh, cornerback uh, a week ago. So, I mean, this is a very injured team. And I just... They're, I think they're toast for the season, personally. I think they're completely done and out of the race in the South, Chris. No, 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 no. They're, they're, they're fine. I mean, it's... Uh, These guys don't get healthy, I, I they are. They, you know, it's, they've had a lot of rotten luck. The, the Saints are, are underrated. They're not a bad team. Uh, but, they, you know, they, the, the, if yet another season, they have bad luck again. Uh, on the injury front, and uh, they're in a division where you don't have a team over 500. So of course they're they're alive. Uh, there's no reason why they can't be in the playoffs. Yeah, it, well, I suppose if as long as they get some receivers back, they do have the best defense, in my opinion, in that division. So there is that. But there you go. I mean, my, I'm around the. No, they're uh, they're actually favored. They're minus one twenty five to make the playoffs. So they have every reason to play, and and obviously factored in that equation is a probable loss to the Lions.
Yeah, and uh, I like the Lions a little bit on the money line here. If you can find a dance partner, I still think the Lions. Are, I think the Lions are going to win this game. But as your point, it, you're not going to be able to see exactly what's going on with the Lions after this game. Let's move on to the next game. We'll stay in this smelly division with the Atlanta Falcons at minus two at the New York Jets. It's two, two and a half. Yeah, you know, all around there. But this total is pretty disgusting, Chris. At thirty four, you doing anything with this game? You know, boy, this is just a week where, you know, that line has shifted a little bit this morning, but uh, uh, we know how bad the Jets are or how poorly they've been uh, doing. But when you look at Atlanta minus three as it was yesterday, who the hell is Atlanta to be laying three to anybody on the road? I mean, it's uh, – I, I just don't get it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking – through the entire league here, I don't think I can make Atlanta shouldn't be favored by three over anybody. No, they shouldn't. I agree with that statement. Um, so, and uh, the Jets are better than anybody. So, uh, do I, you know, that's another example of, uh, boy, I really don't want to play that on the regular spread, but, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's get that up to eight, eight and a half or get that up over the 10. Uh, you know, that was my look on the game. Uh, I've been on the Jets the last couple of games. I know I, I know I was against I was uh, against them in one, but I've lost more than I've won with the Jets, unfortunately. So I, I had the frustration level high with the Jets. And when you put your hand over the burner, you know a few times you learn not to put your hand over the burner. Oh, for sure. I, I the Jets were embarrassed last week, and. Um... You know they they bring it to themselves, but this but this is a perfect spot for them to bounce back. I wouldn't be shocked if they won this game outright. I didn't take it; I teased it. I did the same thing as you. This is going to be part of a teaser that I'm playing. I think that defense is good enough to stay in this game, like you said. Atlanta had their big game, but guess what? Part of that big game was a pick six with a with a, a 14 point swing because the Saints were about to score there, and then Carr just made a dumb mistake, and then it was a 14 point swing literally in that game. At least 10, right? Because they're kicking a field goal there, so that was massive. And that's what some of the stuff that people did. Atlanta was outgained that game. You know, no, they, Atlanta should not be laying points. But I, I will say that I would not be shocked if the Jets win this game. They might get a little extra, uh, you know extra pump here from you know Aaron Rodgers you know kind of throwing the ball around a little bit in media maybe there's some hope some some unrealized false hope that they're going to get this week and uh I know their their offensive line is all beat up but these guys got to step up uh one of these days uh, yeah I'd like the Jets here I'm I haven't played them on the side but they're just a perfect teaser leg let's move on to the next game uh Colts Colts at Titans Titans are plus one ish I mean, it's kind of like pick a mish in some places. Uh, you got the total forty three. What does Betfred have it at? Uh, I think the Bet uh, Betfred Sports has it at minus one. Okay, uh, but total forty two and a half. What do you think about this one? I think it's an interesting game. It's uh, you know, it's in that exact space of why would you want to bet either team at pick or one. And uh, I think uh, you'll see the line kind of bounce back and forth a little bit as we get closer. Uh, you know, Taylor, he had two touchdowns last week. He looked great, but as we see weeks 12, 13, 14, 
running backs get the crap beat out of them all season long. And when they go out, there's an overreaction to the running back going out. And every year we see when the star running back goes out, there's, there's, a, there's a fresh bodied, capable person to take their place. And they do just fine. So uh, Taylor being out doesn't concern me with Indianapolis. I think Indianapolis is the better team. They certainly have a better chance uh, uh, to make something out of this season. Tennessee four and seven, highly unlikely to be able to do anything. Uh, and, you know, I don't know what's going to go on with Levis. The concern there is uh, Henry, you know, if Henry's really had an odd season and hasn't been able to put together anything of greatness, but if he's ever going to be able to run the ball, it should be this week. So maybe he's done though. We don't know. It, it seems like there's just, uh, there's just no product, not anywhere close to the expected productivity that we should have had out of him. So uh, the Colts are playing hard and, uh, uh, we've seen a decline in Menchu recently, but you know maybe he can uh, you know get a little bit better. At least you have a quarterback there that's not going to do dumb things. He may not uh, have you know be able to excel, uh, and he's not going to make uh, lemons out of lemonade, but or uh, lemonade out of lemons. But um, the other side of the uh, the ball, we don't know what's going to go on with Levis. He you know he's he's got the wider variance of results. So uh, what's he going to do? I think you can trust Indianapolis a little bit more. So uh, that's where I would lean. Oh, uh, yeah. Indianapolis is, you know, I like what happened in the bye. I think Steichen has kind of figured a few things out recently. And I agree with you. Taylor is not a uh, big down uh, downgrade of Moss, let's just say. it's it's. It, I disagree with that. Um, you know, I, I'm going to tell you that I think Will Levis is an extremely overrated quarterback even now. I, I don't think he's any better than some of the backups you see, the disgusting backups like uh, Boyle and uh, Flacco coming in and uh, all these bad ones you're seeing. I, don't, I, I put him in the same category personally as that. I do have a premium play in this game, so I'm just not going to uh, lead anybody in the wrong direction. But uh, Russell Salier says, yes, this future Hall of Famer, Jameis Winston, um, was this like the cigarettes? Or, uh, okay, maybe, maybe, I guess he meant Jameis Winston there, but I would have, I'd put the cigarettes ahead of him in the Hall of Fame before uh, Jameis Winston himself and yeah we'll see about the grover stewart thing uh that's what he said that might hurt the colts run defense let's move on to the next game we have carolina at tampa bay and this is an interesting spread in nowhere land five and a half that's where it is in most places the total is 37 chris uh tampa bay we had to hold on with the skin of our teeth on a teaser leg with them last week what do you think about that um Saw some unusual market activity yesterday. Um, as ugly as it is, I, 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 I like the way I read the market uh, with Carolina in this situation. Uh, we don't. We know the Baker got dinged up last week but he's going to play no matter what i mean unless somebody bans him from playing he's always good to go in his mind so uh um but uh, i you know if you're reading the market there were key indicator shops 
that moved down to four and a half. And uh, we're seeing uh, uh, those four and a half still out there. And uh, but most of the market's still at five and a half. I, I think we'll see this come down. There's support for Carolina. Uh, I don't think they're going to get that coaching bump. Uh, maybe a slight uh, coaching bump, but uh, not counting on that. Uh, I don't think Tampa Bay, I think, you know, when you, we know Carolina sucks, but they want to win. They don't want, you'd think that at, at some point they want to purposely win just so that they don't have the, uh, the uh, scarlet letter of uh, giving uh, another team the number one pick. So you'd think that they're going to be motivated with the coaching change and, and not being wanting to be the worst team in the league. And they have shown the ability to keep games close uh, and uh, that they have not quit. And uh, the owner cares. And they're now, you know, auditioning for keeping jobs and to stay or go or whatever uh, and improve their situation. These players have contracts and uh, uh, livelihoods to protect. It's not like they're going to just sit there and no-show. Tampa Bay is not what we thought they were at the beginning of the season. They're more like what we thought they were going to be before the season started. So uh, as the injury has gone on, they don't have as much uh, in the tank as uh, they look like they may have those first three, four weeks of the season. So I, I definitely lean Carolina in this game. You know, what's interesting is that Carolina is just awful against the run, but the truth is Tampa can't run the ball. I mean, they're, they're one of the worst rushing teams in the league. And now you look at, Carolina's uh, defensive drop back EPA, which is basically a stat on how many points they stop against the pass per play. We don't need to go into that. I have many times in the show already, but it's 18th. It's not like terrible, you know? I mean, and that's where Tampa needs to move the ball is like that. And Tampa is pretty bad themselves from from their secondary. They've gotten better at stopping the run, but... I mean, Bryce Young gets a few passing lanes. Adam Thielen plays a little bit better today, or I mean Sunday. I can see them covering this. I didn't play it. I think I waited out. I think you'll see sixes again and six and a half, but I do kind of agree with you on that one. I, I was scared to use Tampa for anything, for a survivor or anything. I think this is a desperate Carolina team, and if the coaching bump is true, I don't like to go against it. It's, it's worked for me in the past, so... Whether or not it's that's my opinion. I, I I would be more on the Carolina side right now at this number, even though my metrics have uh, Carolina as the worst team. I don't have Tampa exactly uh, as a great team this year. Let's move on to the next game. We have in rotation order the Niners at the Eagles. Chris Eagles plus three, eh, starting to get a little juice in some places. Minus one fifteen ish. Totals forty seven and a half. What do you have for the Niners? A little uneasy with how popular the Niners are. It just looks so easy because the the Eagles, you know, the last four games have been very difficult on them. You know, they've gone in trailing at the half. They've been outgained an average of 100 yards per game. Uh, We saw, we've seen how easy it is for opposing teams to uh, move the ball on Philadelphia. And, you know, Philadelphia has been getting away with it because uh, they've done so well you know, in, in comeback uh, situations. So, you know, Buffalo just gifted that game, you know, botching field goals and, and, and just mental mistakes uh, last week. Uh, 
I think people actually upgraded Buffalo after last week. They, 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 they excused the errors. It seemed like I heard more positive news about Buffalo after that loss than uh, coming into the game. So, uh, the you know you had that revenge factor uh, from the playoffs, and I think uh, uh, is Philadelphia. The, oh no, they got Philadelphia as uh, Dallas on deck next week. Uh, it uh, it just means more to San Francisco. They've been talking about it for over a year. Uh, you know, the, for, you know, for the next time that they meet, but this line's too strong. You can't lay three uh, at this point. You have to wait for the line to come down or money line it or do some something else with it. Uh, I, I but I like uh, San Francisco solidly. I played them on the money line uh, Monday morning, and uh, I feel good about the position. Uh, but I wouldn't lay three at this point. Oh yeah, I mean, me and you both got great value. We talked on Sunday. We got we. I, I laid one and a half at one ten. Money line wasn't a bad play either. Uh, it went right up to three pretty quick. I mean, there was some two and a half some later on Monday, and I think like Tuesday afternoon it finally went to three, or maybe it was Wednesday. I don't know, but I mean, right now at three, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to play San Fran just because of the you know the way the league is. I I think that San Fran wins this game. But here's something really interesting, Chris, and I'm going to show you what this book just did. This is DraftKings. I'm doing first halves. San Fran is minus 1.5 in the first half, and their money line is minus 142. And then Atlanta is minus 0.5 in the first half. I know it's plus 102, but their money line is a lot less at minus 120. You know, uh, It's just so funny how much San Fran first half looks to the books it's like they really believe in san fran winning this game but what the eagles can do is catch teams like they did against buffalo they're just a good finishing team minus the super bowl last year right uh, a penalty kind of hurt them in that situation but i mean I, I i think san fran's a good play in the first half i don't like it at minus 142 i think that's changes and you can get better numbers than this later so um if you if you missed the under the three That'd be my look, Chris. Any disagreement on that? Yeah, you know, there's 135s out there, and uh, um, you know, you see the same thing in Baltimore games too. Uh, but it, 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 it seems relatively uniform on that. I, I, yeah, I think probably San Francisco might be a a, a decent first half look. Yeah, yeah. I will I'll agree with you. Okay, cool. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that in mind. No rush to that one right now. Uh Browns versus Rams, and the Rams are minus three and a half. The money kind of coming in on the Browns. The total is forty. We don't know who's quarterbacking for the Browns. Does that matter, Chris, to your thoughts in this game? Um it, 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 I think Garrett is the most important person, and he's slated to go. They're, they're going to have to win this game on defense. And, uh, you know, we know Cup's banged up. Is he even playing this week? Do we know? I mean, I think he is, right? Yeah, he's supposed to. He played last game, so why wouldn't he play this game? I, I, I know uh, one of the medical, uh, the sports betting medical guys said that, uh, yeah, he's in there, but uh, it, with the issue, 
issue he has, he's going to have a significant uh, drop off in performance, uh, even though he's playing through it. And uh, I, I think uh, I don't think the Rams are as good as they looked last week, obviously, and I don't think the Browns are as bad as they looked last week, obviously. I've tried every single possible way to justify not playing Cleveland because when you look at the overall performance of this team, it's it just not even close. So, I mean, you know, you can take five points off for the quarterback. You can take a, another couple of points off for something else, and you still I still can't get to the Rams. It, it can't even get close. So I, I, I had no choice but to play Cleveland. I have no numbers that show this past a three. Uh, it's more like the ones, you know. Um, there's no real home field advantage either for the Rams. It's very minimal. It the is, Browns stayed out west, by the way, in case uh, you didn't know that. Well, that's so they don't better. have the travel. That's even better. You know, that's a great look when a team does that. As dumb as Stefanski is that we saw last game, that it really left a bad taste in my mouth how Cleveland just – Took a dump. That was a huge gain for me. I mean, when you and then how dumb can you be to you have the motor? You know, it sucked because it was Cleveland had the momentum at that point, even though they were in their own end. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were moving the ball. They had confidence, and then DTR gets knocked out. And so, what do you do as your brain surgeon head coach? You know, pulls the uh, backup quarterback off the bench. Oh well, let's let's give him a trick play to run in our own zone and uh, expect good results from that. And you know, when that when you see stuff like that, it it's just ridiculous. Very frustrating. Oh, extremely frustrating. I agree. You know, uh, I, I I I I should be on the Browns. I'm not. Um, maybe I can get there from a teaser perspective again and just you know make my life a living hell if they can't cover that. <laughs> Uh, you know, the contest put it at three and a half, so that's interesting. I, I think that could make the Browns a pretty popular play. Um, I, I There's a lot of questionable guys. I think that most of these questionable guys are going to turn into in or probable or in by the time this comes up because you know, they're, they're, the Browns are one of those people that will just put everybody at questionable and then all of a sudden they're in anyway, you know? And so that's why you got to dig deeper. I think Denzel Ward will eventually play. I think Amari Cooper is going to play. Um, I, th- I, like you said, Miles Garrett, their best player on defense that could really make life a living hell for Matt Stafford is going to play. But here, this is a big spot for the Browns because the Browns are legitimate contenders still just based upon the Ravens win, the record, Pittsburgh win, you know, they're they're still in this. This is a massively important game for them. This is no, and I have uh, ran, you know, I'm a believer in the Rams a little bit. Uh, two weeks ago, before uh, uh, you know, I took uh, the Rams on to make the playoffs at plus eight ninety five. I took Seattle to miss the playoffs. Uh, uh, Plus, I forget what it was, but that was a good number. And uh, subsequently, Seattle's lost two in a row and has three really tough matchups ahead. And the Rams have won two in a row. And actually, uh, they're down to plus 200 to make the playoffs. If they win this game, uh, they'll be favored to make the playoffs, I believe. So, uh, but 
Cleveland's a favorite to make their playoffs also. But it's a, it's a key game. Well, let's it do really this. Is. Let's do this. Which quarterback do you would you prefer starting for the three and a half? Which which quarterback do you prefer, Chris? You know what? I'm I'm probably the worst judge of quarterbacks on the planet. Every single quarter, I'm the type of guy that says take Ryan Leaf, not. Peyton Manning. I mean, that's how badly <laughs> I can evaluate uh, uh, quarterbacks. So uh, I'm dumb enough to believe that I that I'd rather just have a guy like Flacco that has hit, that has experience, even though he hasn't played. He, at least he has experience, and maybe he won't do dumb things. When was the last time he played? It's been like over a year, but you know, but everybody that you know is more familiar with him than I am, you know, says they'd rather have this PJ guy. And when I saw what PJ was able to do last week, I'm like, oh my god, hey, there's there's no way Flacco could be worse than this. <laughs> he was horrible. So, he, he when the injury happened, the camera went to his face, and you know for a fact he want did not want to go in. He was probably cussing in his brain, like, oh, my God, this sucks. I have to go in. He did not want to go in. The big surprise for me is I would rank him Dorian Thompson-Robinson first. I just like some of the stuff he saw. And Najoku was dropping every single – Amari Cooper missed the two-point conversion right in his hands. You know, it's just they were just dropping passes left and right. DTR was throwing him. And uh, then I would put Flacco second. And then I would put uh, – Obviously, uh, P.J. Walker back on the practice squad. He's terrible. But uh, that's my opinion. I, I would rather have DTR over Flacco. I think if DTR is in this, from what some people are saying, that the spread's going to drop more. Um, I, I don't know about that. Or no, if Flacco's in, the spread will drop more. And if DTR's in, it will stay at three and a half. I, I prefer DTR. So I'm just waiting on this cluster of questionable dudes. I'll probably be on the Browns. Um, it's not going to be pretty, though. That's 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 a fact. Let's move on to Kansas City versus Green Bay. And now this is down to five and a half, Chris. I mean, this thing was seven and a half when it opened, dude. Um, seven and a half, seven-ish. It, it, it's just been dropping like a rock. The total is 42 and a half. Now, things, a couple things I'm going to say about this. Um, the Packers have a pretty big injury report, too. You know, I don't know what's going on with Aaron Jones. I think he's a... A big part of this team. He, he took part in the stretch on Thursday. That doesn't tell me nothing. I know they had a big win against the Lions. It was a that was one of those regroup team wins, in my opinion. It was more of the Lions and Jared Goff just screwing up than the Packers being good. Um, but Jaden, no, 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 no. I think the Packers are playing well. You know, loves uh, uh, loves stats are. Improving week by week, he's he's playing at a uh, at an upper level quarterback um, uh, efficiency over the recent weeks, and uh, their offensive or their defensive line manhandled the Lions' offensive line. Well, I had the Packers as one of my most undervalued teams three weeks ago when we did this, but I just think they finally crossed it a little bit. Shouldn't the Chiefs be laying seven, seven and a half? Now I know the Chiefs' offense has been spluttering, but. Here's the thing with the Chiefs. They, they they have a big game on deck, and they just beat one of their division people, so it's kind of like a distraction for them to go up to Green Bay. I hate it because I actually did want Green Bay at seven. I'm not going to lie. If it, was, if it was a contest, I had them circled. Now I'm kind of like a maybe 
at the at the what is it six or five and a half? I don't know. I don't it's have five to, and a half six. Okay, so I don't have to make the decision uh, now. It's five and a half in the contest, so that tells you they're the right side of seven for sure. But I mean, for me, um, it, it's I, I I I still worry about love a little bit, and I think what they're doing is based on their coaching. So. My, my, I guess my statement to you is uh, you disagree with what I said, uh, and I, I still kind of think that the Packers are starting to get to a little overvalued now that it passed the six, I guess is my point. But would you play it at five and a half or six? No, I'd, 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 my angle on this would be Kansas City money line. Okay. I think, I think they'll squeak out. You, you have to remember also this is a primetime night game, so – uh, I think the Packers would have a better shot if it was a daytime game. You think uh, primetime helps Kansas City on the road in the cold? Well, they're they play in the cold anyway, I guess. But I, yeah, I don't think. Uh, it, I think if they're going to have an off game, it's more likely to occur during the daytime uh, without the spotlight on. But Mahomes, primetime, uh, everybody watching. You know, they're going to put out their best effort. Yeah. Especially since they can't, he hasn't really looked that well, uh, or that, you know, on national TV, uh, you know, on several instances this year. So, I, you know, the key is whether Taylor Swift's going to be there or not, because we, we know that that's worth a point and a half or so. Well, that is a key. Uh, that's a Kelsey prop key for sure. Um, for me, I'm curious about the Packers, how they're going to defend Kelsey. Um, and, and I, I think that they're smart enough to do it and to stop. He's hard to stop because Mahomes knows exactly when he breaks and where to put it. It's just, there's camaraderie is just so perfect compared to any other player receiver type pass catcher quarterback. You know, it's just the, it's the perfect one. It's been like that for years, but then again, the Packers don't have, uh, they, they might not have Devondre Campbell and I'm a little worried about that. Um, they also, uh, what's going on with Jari Alexander? It says Alexander was limited uh, on Wednesday. If Alexander's playing, I'm sure as heck going to like it a lot. Rashawn Gary, their pass rusher is also limited. So this is another like Cleveland situation for me. If I get Jones. You know that uh, Love's stats are, are nearly identical after the same number of games as Brett Favre's? Or no, I mean Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, Rodgers started late too, you know, and... I, I, I think that – I don't know. I can't remember what Aaron Rodgers' strength of schedule was, but um, you know, Packers had a really good defense when Aaron Rodgers was good there too. I don't know. It's what's funny. I have love in a dynasty league, and he was looked like crap about a month ago, and now he's looking a hell of a lot better. And if they keep him around, now it's going to be worth something to me. But um, my thoughts are I my model has the Packers extremely low. Like they should be almost like uh, – favored in a way here it's really weird my 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 algorithm model it, it now my power ratings have you know can't see by six or seven points but my model my algorithm has it two at kansas city minus two and a half i think uh the kansas city's not been good lately i think there's their offense has been discombobulated uh the receivers are just all over the place but I, I want to see a little bit more from the Packers before I get too. I think you woke up a sleeping giant last week. The worst thing that happened to this league was the Raiders getting up 14 last week, and oh, Kansas City finally woke up. 
oh, that hurt me, but they always wake up against the Raiders, too. They beat the Raiders down. I, this was one of the bets I regretted. I took it before the Monday night football game. Um, and uh, then the Kansas City, I think, ended up winning. And then they're uh, – or wait, the Raiders – no, yeah, that was the Monday night football. So then all of a sudden, the Kansas City, it goes down a little bit, and I'm like, oh, my God, Kansas City just lost. They're going to be in freaking kick your ass mode now, you know. I thought it was more about that, but they did start the game slow, and it killed my own my under bet too, which I had line value on. Which as soon as the Raiders, yeah, I had that too. Yeah, as soon as the freaking Raiders scored those two touchdowns, I knew the total was toast. I was like, oh, this is done. But um, they're the dude. The Chiefs, believe it or not, are pretty freaking healthy, you know. And that's what worries me a little bit. And I'm going to share my screen once again here and and just show. I mean, look at their injury report. Just Jarek McKinnon, questionable. Uh, Nick Bolden des, uh, designated for return from their IR. Uh, Nicole Hardman, who cares? They just traded from this year. Uh, and Justin Ross never played. This is the one of the most healthiest team next to the Chicago Bears right now, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. So that worries me a little bit, but they should be better than they are. Yet this is just one of those games that's just kind of distracting. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm I'm, I'm right now. I'm not saying I'm going to play. It's just like from a contest perspective, you have to think of this stuff too. And um, I still, if the Packers can get the majority of their guys back, I think that could be a contest play for me, Chris. Yeah, sorry, I'm just uh, checking my injury stuff here. Let's go to the Monday night game then. And the Bengals are plus eight and a half at the Jags. The total is 39. I'm hanging on to my Jags to win the AFC when I got it like 20 to one or something. I think it still has a shot. They're not performing as a whole as well as I wanted them to. But at the same time, I just looked at the other schedules and I thought the Jags were was better now. Here's my thing, thoughts on the Bengals, Chris. I think that Joe Burrow injury is worth a hell of a lot more than people think. I have no confidence in Jake Browning. I don't think he belongs in the NFL. And even though they have some good players like Chase and T. Higgins, if he's ever going to be healthy again, and Joe Mixon, they just can't run the ball. They can't move it. They, their defense is terrible. My numbers have been terrible on the Bengals all year via algorithm, and I just it's only Joe Burrow that won against the Niners, in my opinion. I I didn't lay it, but, man, I would consider laying it with the Jaguars, even though my numbers don't agree. But if I, use, if I, if I, if I give Joe Burrow five or six points of importance, then it does agree, Chris. Yeah. You, well, I'm not going to lay all those points either. Uh, I was shocked at some of the highlights of how poorly uh, the Bengals played against Pittsburgh. Uh, they're, they're, they're the one running back uh, highlight where he's just dragging like three or four Bengals with him. Uh, he's got a little bit of help from his own teammates, but you just see some of these Bengals standing and watching, and the guy gets like an extra five or six yards that he had no business getting, and, and it it just really uh, was a poor look for the Bengals. And you can't get that out of you. You know, that, that sears into your brain if, if, they, if, if a team's going to be that lackluster. Uh, but I, I've said all the entire season the Cincinnati Bengals have had 
a hell of a lot more problems uh, than when Burrow was banged up. They had defensive problems and other offensive problems. So uh, I, I, I think Jacksonville's a far better team, but Jacksonville's 500 at home. You know, they're 5-0 and on the road. They don't, for whatever reason, there is no home field advantage. So, and I don't think this, the Bengals are going to go there to be embarrassed. So you, you are going to get a good effort. Uh, you're not going to catch me laying uh, eight and a half or nine and, or 10 or whatever it ends up uh, finishing though. Would, would you say that, that the Bengals, I mean, I mean, why is there, why is my model so bad on them? I mean, our models are pretty close at times that we, when we talk, Chris, uh, I, it's just, I, I don't understand why it's so bad. And, and, and I'm not just saying without Burrow. With Burrow, it was bad for about six games coming into the season, right? It, it's just there's something wrong with this team. But once you put them in the category of I can give up if we start getting our ass kicked, like you're down 14 and it's the third quarter and you're just – the Bengals are dead. You know, they, they have no chance. Maybe they do. Maybe they do put a good effort up. I don't know. But I kind of put them in that category. I have teams like <laughs> I have uh, only six teams worse than the Bengals current <laughs> roster right now. Oh, Chris, I, the- I'm right there too. I have five, I think Giants, Carolina, Patriots, Tennessee, and Arizona, I guess. But geez, I have Arizona and Cincinnati neck and neck. I, I mean, because of the injury, of course, but I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, it's uh, they're, they're they've got a lot more problems than just a uh, missing starting quarterback. That's for sure. All right, how do we forget? I, I, this was my fault. The Dolphins Commanders, I totally missed that game, Chris. Now, this this is a situation that I just mentioned, and I mentioned it earlier too. I think the Commanders are could be in give up mode, but they did fire Jack Del Rio. I don't think that constitutes as a coaching fire bump. I never counted coordinators before as that, and I don't think it's really that true that you know they hated jack del rio yeah they hated him yeah so they played like shit i think they hate the fact that they lost their best two players on defense while their secondary sucks so it just exposed the whole thing when you don't have a pass rush that your secondary sucks and then your whole defense sucks and now you're playing a dolphins team the only thing that would save the washington football team is really the weather i think and it's you know 60 degrees chance of rain it's only six mile per hour winds i don't think it's going to be the weather i don't like that phillips got hurt for the dolphins that's that kind of sucks one of their best pass rushers there um but uh yeah i mean i i i my model has the dolphins winning by a lot uh yeah mine also but i don't uh, and, and here's a sneaky thing that people don't realize is how well that defense is playing you know when you know early in the year where you know when doing shows like this in the comments and the feedback I, I was ridiculed because i wasn't rating miami high enough but at that time period miami was dead last in defense that you know they were bottom three bottom four in the in the league through like week five or, or so. I mean, I mean, I don't know what, but they are, they have been doing extremely well on defense and uh, that's helping their overall rating. And they have not been that well t- 
tuned offensive machine that they were uh, at the beginning of the season. Their offense is fine. Don't get me wrong, but uh, uh, they've had some sputters. They didn't. They weren't. They haven't been able to roll over teams. It just seems like these. You know, in some situations, they wear down the other team trying to keep up with them. You know, through the first half of the game, and by the you know second half, they, then they can roll over them. But the, the key really is, uh, I've been pretty, I've always said that uh, Miami is not as good as you think they are, but with this defensive improvement, uh, they have, I'm just trying to look for this, they're, they're number one by far on defensive improvement over the last five weeks on my model, and uh, for the season, they're up from dead last to, uh, they're in the top ten defense. Defensively here, I think. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They're ninth in defense somehow. How the hell did that happen? So, yeah. Fangio yeah. happened. That's why. Yeah. So the, the, you're seeing the signs of uh, of uh, a, a well balanced team developing on offense and defense because when you you know only have one side of that ball working. Uh, above average that's going to make it really tough on you so uh, the fact that they're top 10 defensively at the moment that's pretty good stuff uh, but i don't know what it is i don't trust this team to uh, i don't know that th- this washington team is an enig- is an enigma they just don't show up when you expect them to and then they show up when you don't expect them to i mean how the hell they embarrass themselves on thanksgiving like they did and they have every reason in the world to quit and not show up this week. I don't know why my radar goes off and says uh, Miami's going to struggle this week. My, my model says Miami can cover the 10. So, uh, But, uh, you know, fortunately, I don't listen to my brain. I follow pretty much what my model does and, re- and reasonable adjustments. So uh, my brain says Washington somehow, you know, don't sit there and, and lay the kitchen sink on uh, Miami money line. But the model says you can. <laughs> yeah, sometimes the brain can make your bed a little smaller at times. Um, I, I mean, I, I have Miami by a lot past the 10 as well. That's the problem here. What's real, what's not? I mean, remember, our models factor in a lot of those games where they just put it to people like they did to Denver and stuff, you know. My recency model also has them pounding them. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's like uh, it, it's both. But um, I'm on the same boat as you. But here's the thing. It's you're laying points on the road in the NFL. What do we always, you know, everyone says maybe that's changed a little bit. You know, it certainly changed when they played the Jets last week. But now you're back to back road games. You have a li- both teams have a little bit longer of a week. Uh, you know, it's I, I don't think you can give the commanders for one extra day a bump. You know, so it's um it's it's dolphins or nothing for me, Chris, and you broke it down greatly. And what else is great is you coming on this show and talking to us and uh, giving us your great insights. And I appreciate it so much, my man. And uh, want to thank you for that. And want to ask you where our listeners and our viewers can get your great information in place. Well, I, Las Vegas Chris Twitter, Las Vegas Chris YouTube. I do the Bet US show on Wednesday with uh, Jared Smith and Steve Fezzik. And uh, I have uh, a profile at Wager Talk where I offer the ability to follow what I bet. And uh, that's about it. Well, there you go. Make sure you follow Chris at Las Vegas Chris. Chris, really appreciate it, my man. 
Have a wonderful weekend. Best of luck in your bets, and we'll be texting. Cheers. Good luck, everybody. All right. Chris and I realized we also didn't touch on the Texans game, but I do want to say that what he thinks and what I think is that it's too hard to lay three and a half points in this situation for a Denver team that's been just trending up, even though it's a bit been a bit fraudulent. They are hawking uh, the ball a lot better. You're playing still against a rookie quarterback, and as bad as Russell Wilson's been, he's still a veteran uh, quarterback, uh, probably more of a money line parlay for both of us in that situation but now it's time for our refuse to lose teaser that is 10 and 2 we finally lost the thanksgiving one last week with the lions blowing that side but the niners did come through unfortunately the teaser you need both let's go with the jets up to eight and a half i think there's no way the jets lose by that much against a uh atlanta team when the jets should be desperate in this position and uh, Atlanta's a little fat and happy with being a misleading winner last week. And I'm also going to go with the Jaguars. We're going to take the Jaguars from 8.5 down to 2.5. Rather have it at 1.5, but I'm not sure which way this line goes. Uh, Cincinnati's looking pretty bad so far without Joe Burrow. And uh, I think this is just two great teaser legs for this weekend that uh, I believe has a pretty good way to cash. So we'll do that for three stars. You like that? You like that? Now it is time for the sharp side of the force. Sharp side of the force is brought to you by BetMGM for up to $1,500 sign up bonus. Please visit our podcast description. Click on the link, terms, conditions, and location apply. All right. Sharp NFL. All right. Sharp money on the Lions, minus three to minus four at the Saints. 84% of the tickets and 89% of the money. Sharp money on the Packers, plus seven and a half to plus 5.5. Hosting the Chiefs, 61% of the tickets and 67% of the money. Sharp totals. Chargers versus Patriots, under 42.5 to 40.5. 84% of the tickets and 99% of the money. Panthers versus Buccaneers, under 40 to 37. 56% of the tickets and 96% of the money. 49ers versus Eagles, over 45.5 to 47.5. 82% of the tickets and 98% of the money. I agree with that. Bengals versus Jaguars, under 41 to 39. 89% of the tickets and 95% of the money. All right, for a recap, we are going... With the Cardinals, find a six. Uh, we're going to do the Cardinals plus six for two stars. And we are going to also do the Patriots, but find the six for two and a half stars. And you obviously know my leans and some of the information I am waiting for. Injuries. Remember to tease the Jets to plus eight and a half with the Bengals down to minus two and a half for three stars. And my friends, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you have any questions for our Monday show, please email us at the Ozbreakers, info at the Ozbreakers, and tweet us at the Ozbreakers. A huge thanks to Las Vegas Chris for coming on the show. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Be safe and go get some winners.